Hey, TC, what time is it? It's time for a makeover. Hi, I'm Siege. And I'm TC. And welcome to Movie Makeover, the podcast where we take movies you love and thank you love, guilty pleasures or downright hate, and give them a much-needed update. We'll revisit some of your favorite classics and see what's worth keeping and what doesn't hold up. So if you remember Blockbuster Movie Nights or one of the founders of Netflix and Chill, this podcast is for you. Every episode, we'll review the good, the bad, and ultimately, the makeover, where we pitch our changes for the film or cast our own reboots. Let's get into this movie, Vampire in Brooklyn. I have to say, I think this is a great one to start us off with. What do you think? I There's so much wrong with this movie. It's such a beautiful accumulation of wrong ideas. I see. I think I looked at this movie and I was like, this is perfect for a awesomely bad movie. Do you remember (laughs) watching this movie when you were a kid? No, I never saw it when I was a kid. So for this podcast was your first time watching this movie. Oh my God. Um... Yeah, it's so much worse than I remember. You thought it was? I thought it was so much awesome. I guess maybe because my expectations was that it would be terrible and like the IMD rating just tears it here's, apart. Yeah, here's the thing. I saw this movie when I was, <laughs> I don't know, eight years old. So even though it's shit throughout, at the time I was just like, oh, Eddie Murphy, vampire, whatever, this is great. Um, no, that's not the case at all. <laughs> I have a lot of things because I think... IMDB gave it a four, 4.5 out of 10. Yeah, exactly. Rotten Tomatoes, 10%. Roger Ebert, one star. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I have I have so many responses because to me, I thought this was beautifully terrible. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it was like it was like there was so much that I admired about it, and at the exact same time, so much I was like, and why do we do this? <laughs> it's like, hey, let's get the fact that Wes Craven is involved in this I movie. Think, yeah, I could be like, blows me away. There's so many points where I'm watching this movie. I'm like, why did Wes Craven agree to this? See, I looked at it and I was like, I could see the Wes Craven influence, and I could see um, Eddie Murphy's influence. Uh, but uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna get into this. Okay, so Vampire in Brooklyn, the 1995 movie um, from Eddie Murphy and Wes Craven. So excited about it. Um, let's give a little introduction or a summary, shall we? Uh, Maximilian is the only survivor from a race of vampires on the Caribbean island, and as a vampire, he must find a mate to keep the line from ending. He knows that a child had. Be- had been born to a woman who had a vampire father, and he searches for her in Brooklyn. Rita, the main character, her mother has died in an asylum and was the woman Rita, sorry, and was that woman. God, this is so convoluted. (laughs) Rita has nightmares that she does not understand. Not knowing that she is part vampire, Max woos hers and attempts to bring her to a blood-sucking destiny. Even though Rita has strange dreams and actions, Justice, her partner, has feelings for her and does not want her to get involved with the stranger Max. But Rita must decide her own destiny. I just, right off the bat from that, I just, there's a few things I want to mention. Wes Craven, we did say, is the director. The strangest (laughs) thing about this, if you know anything about Wes Craven's filmography, you, uh, 1994, Wes Craven, New Nightmare, right? You watch it, you're like, wow, I could totally see how this is going to lead up to Scream. No, no, no. Detour into <laughs> Vampire in Brooklyn, then Scream. This 
gave him everything he needed. This was like, this was like, all right, enough bullshit. Let me actually put my mind to something that can I, that can make great because this was just such a curve in his okay. whole thing. All right, since you don't have a lot of good, I'll start with a good. Okay, all right. So in the good department, I thought this movie was actually one of those uh, movies that the '90s does really well. Well, where it's kind of progressive for the time being, it has. Real women in it, like the body types vary, direct, sure, and sure. I thought that was beautiful. I was like, "Oh, this is like this is Brooklyn. It's not um, a Hollywood version of Brooklyn, even though it's clear we're on a Hollywood set." Hey. <laughs> Evil ass is good. <laughs> Evil ass is good. <laughs> there are real people in there in this movie, and um, it it's also like you have a female empower she you know as a detective not like a housewife or some other kind of throwaway job that we usually get and then also her boss is a woman which i also thought was like again this is something that even now we don't see all the time i i will say tell you this as far as good goes um this movie had a budget of like 14 million but it seemed very big budget to me the opening set piece with the boat the whole third act seemed like like his apartment all of it seemed like it had a, a, yeah, bigger, I was like, did, uh, a bigger budget than it did did they use eddie murphy's uh yeah. like apartment for some of this because you're right it, it does seem elaborate and i think that has a lot to do with wes craven coming from horror movies and working with movies with very very small budgets and having to work to make them bigger um the other great thing about this movie that we got to talk about two things john witherspoon i was like you're like i don't have a lot of good and i was like uh did you watch the movie no no I, because <laughs> kadeem kadeem steals the movie from kadeem me. what is it hardison yeah hardison yeah kadeem hardison is nonstop laughs. He's it's, perfect. It's it's almost like he's in a different movie. Him <laughs> with that fucking mannequin hand. <laughs> when that mannequin hand came out, can I just tell you? When that man when that mannequin hand came out, I lost my shit. Yeah. I literally was like, this is I don't know if it was improv, I don't know if it was writing, I don't know where it came from. That was from. the most genuinely funny part of the but whole movie. I could not stop laughing at the idea that and that's what I was gonna say. The good in this movie for me is the comedy. Yeah. They well, did, well all right, most of the comedy. Yes. Because there are little there are lots of little bit bits. One I wanna like go into real quick, but there's this scene where they're in the Italian restaurant. And um, Eddie Murphy orders like pasta to go. And then when he's getting arrested, the waiter is trying to hand him his to-go bag. <laughs> and I was like, it's such a stupid small detail, but it made it so much funnier that the, the waiter is literally like trying to, he's in handcuffs and he's trying to hand him his to-go bag. And I was like, that is hilarious. I will tell you this. This movie does seem like it's like two different movies that yes. got chopped together. Yes. And where the movie shines, it's when it's vampire coming to America. Yes. Like, that storyline... If you had just done a vampire coming to America, which is movie... The plot is essentially that. Coming yeah. to Brooklyn to look for a wife, blah, blah, blah. Um, that part is great. Kadeem, John Witherspoon's every line John you give Witherspoon, him, absolutely. He delivers. And, like, both of these guys, I'm just like, I, I want to see you two. I want to see the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff of this with you guys. Um, 
And then it has this other movie, like this West Craven horror movie that I think we should leave to the bad, but we'll circle back <laughs> yeah, well, to that. Yeah, I agree with But you. the humor, especially when Kadeem and, and John are there. Julius just, and his uncle yeah. are perfect. Now, first of all, there was a lot of, again, talking about things we don't see very often. In this movie, first of all, <laughs> the fact that Julius dies early on, and his body just starts to deteriorate, and his uncle literally doesn't even notice. Doesn't notice, doesn't care, doesn't, doesn't miss anything. The moment he gets money, he's like, hey. There's one part where he's like, uh, he drops his hand into the car, and the uncle's just like, you got the droppies. What? He needs to go to the hospital. I was like, it also is very telling of the time that he could look like this, and everyone just assumes he's a crackhead. Yeah, I will say that. There was a lot of crack overtones, which, again, I don't know how appropriate this is for Wes Craven to be the helm of this. Well, again, I the way I looked at it is Eddie Murphy and his brother wrote it. Yeah. So and I and I thought I had that thought a lot. It's like, is it really stereotypical if Eddie Murphy and Charlie Murphy are the ones who wrote it? It's their voice. Yeah, and I did have to remember that, even though obviously Wes is behind the lens. One thing I want to say about John with this one, one of his first lines is, Ahoy, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> The fact that he just come—I literally wrote that down. The fact that he, like, he was like yelling on the boat. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody want to answer? I said, "Oh, hi, motherfucker!" When he said that line, I was like, "That's when I got a pretty clear idea as to what tone they were trying to do, but just couldn't <laughs> hang on to it." I, no, here's the thing: John Witherspoon and uh, Kadeem, yeah, they they held on to that throughout like absolutely throughout there are like different little one-off things that you know they have to be john witherspoon because they're so his voice absolutely and like how he, it has to be his improv and there's so much if you watch the wayne wayne brothers so much overlaps to that to that improv yeah. well which, i was looking at this and i was like john witherspoon has literally been an old black man my entire life yeah my entire life, that's all i know him as that's all i want him to be <laughs> if you show me a picture of like 18 year old john witherspoon i'm like they doesn't exist like I mean, morgan freeman did I don't not think exist I've ever seen a young photo of him because he's just always been that old black man who yeah. fast talking slick mouth uh again the, the fact that he's just that old man on the street corner uh, uh even when justice comes to visit he's like, i saw your partner the other day i mean she was getting that good like, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> again i think that some of the comedy or like some of the back and forth was really funny to me because the um, the lines, what is it? There's one line where he's like, Julius is like, my my pops always said the quickest way into a woman's heart is the church. And Max is like, actually, it's through the rib cage. But, you know, yeah, <laughs> that gets yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. It's like a little one else like that. And then the white woman in the park where she's like, I have pepper spray, but... I always understand know. the plight of the black person. And it was just like... That was so funny for, like, at that moment, <laughs> she is being attacked by the black man, and she just wants you... I just want you to know, I get what you're coming from, <laughs> and I'm here for you through this. I am an ally. <laughs> and I just happen to be one. <laughs> <laughs> and, again, that was... This is what I meant. Like, there's some very contemporary comedy... There is. ...that's a- going on here, and I really, really... I liked certain characters, the way certain characters are written. And I kind of wish we could, like, pick out who wrote what, because certain lines, and again, I don't know if Kadeem or John Witherspoon 
were doing improv the entire time or if this was actually in the script. Sure. Because as you said, they are put into situations and they're just like non-stop funny. You cannot laugh at whatever Kadeem is doing with his body slowly deteriorated. Oh yeah, there's a scene where he's like, um, I'm looking for my eye and the guy steps on it. He goes, I'm gonna have to find an eye doctor. Or something. <laughs> I, I will say that I feel like, and I don't know this for sure, that on an Eddie Murphy film set, I would imagine that improv would be encouraged. Yeah. I, I would just, I feel that out because I feel like if you watch Lenny Professor, if you watch a lot of his other stuff, you watch the blooper reels of Coming to America, there's a lot of stuff that's just being thrown in there for jokes. So I feel like they probably had a lot of freedom to just be them and they felt brilliantly cast. I also want to tip my hat to Alan Payne, who is Justice in the movie. Yes, he actually, he, he has a seriousness in his role and he takes it he takes it to heart. I just thought he played it with a lot of earnestness. Yeah. I, yeah. And he, like, he, even when, um, what is her name? Nicole? Yeah. When Nicole, first of all, when Nicole comes on and he's like, two words, cold shower, I was like, damn, I felt that. Yeah. <laughs> I have never been rejected <laughs> that way. I'm hurt. <laughs> she was throwing himself I mean, she was. For no reason. I mean... I mean, black man, and I mean, had a job. I don't know, like, but she was like, she was about it. She was so, she was so about it. But yeah. at the same time, it was like, woo, that reply was just, I, I just wasn't prepared yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought he did great. Angela Bassett, I, great, perf- like, for the material she was given. Uh, I mean, we're going to, like, <laughs> I, I guess here's the thing. But I think it's worth discussing, but, like, I think that. For me, some of the acting choices move into bad. But um, do you have anything else for good? Yeah, I I think that while <laughs> Eddie Murphy's characters outside of the vampire tread into a different Norbit <sighs> level of territory... I do have to say that Guido Eddie Murphy had some decent jokes in the pasta restaurant, in the Italian restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) His improv, I thought, was really on point. I, I, there's a lot I don't like about that character, but I do feel like his improv was great. Okay, okay. So, I'm trying to think if there was any other good for me. Like I said, I just, I really liked um, how progressive it was. You know what, also, I liked the idea, as you said, I liked the idea of um, Caribbean being the origin of this vampire. You know, like there being this whole, um, yeah, like like what? No, I was just gonna say about that because Eddie Murphy has a line at the beginning of the movie where he's like, you know, uh, Nosferatu vampires uh, from uh, Transylvania, and then from Transylvania, I where the others went to Europe, I went through Africa and to the Caribbean. So are we to believe that Eddie is from Transylvania then? Because I if so... I don't know, because we don't really get a lot of backstory as to how old he is, or, like, is he an original, that, or is, like... Because remember, even, like, when they are talking, um, when the... I want to call him, like, voodoo priest but i guess he's more like he's doctor something doctor, dr ziku dr ziku <laughs> uh, which by the way that club looked very bumping yeah it was yeah. not anything like that yeah. in brooklyn while i was there but <laughs> anyway uh um, this is a different brooklyn which we'll yeah. Get to. <laughs> yeah exactly um but um one of the things that uh he says is like he is one of the last ones and that they he needs to procreate 
And um, I kind of was like, is he like one of many? Like, again, if you've ever watched the Vampire Diaries or anything like that, it's just like there are several that um, flourished from the originals or there's the originals and, you know, pick off one by one. There's not a lot of explanation in there's that. But. The, a lot that I have to say to that goes into the bad category because there's a lot of storyline that just doesn't add up to me. You could turn Kadeem into a vampire, yet she's the last <laughs> one. What's going on? Yeah, that's a, a, a very good point. That's a very good point. Yeah, but he doesn't... The movie's full of holes. He doesn't <laughs> turn Kadeem into a vampire immediately. Remember, Kadeem's, like, but, which, by the way, like, I was looking forward to that and then, like, the moment he puts on the ring... Uh, and it changes again. I'm like, the where's that sequel? Yeah, the movie <laughs> I want that sequel. Yeah, I want it. That's the movie I wanted the whole time. Um, but no, like, even though he was like, oh, you're a ghoul now, but eventually you'll become a vampire. Yeah. All right, but I thought you were you the one last of the best one. ghouls that I've had. Yeah, <laughs> he's had multiple ghouls, so obviously this. Is I not feel his like they just keep falling apart because. <laughs> <laughs> and he just got progressively worse, and I liked again. There's like certain attention to detail that I feel like they really, really paid attention to because every single time we see Kadeem and we haven't seen him in a while, he is further along in deterioration. Yeah, it's so funny because he gets, like, I don't know, bitten or uh, he drinks Eddie Murphy's blood. Yeah. Which the, the rules to all of this yeah. I have questions <laughs> about. He drinks Eddie Murphy's blood the next day. He's like, if you went to like the hour 20 mark of Jeff Goldblum's The Fly, he's that already. He's at the police station eating cockroaches. How is that part of this? I don't know. Unexplained. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his transformation, even though it seems like it happens very quick and it, it, he doesn't seem to have any, uh, it doesn't seem to have any uh, structure to it or point. It's He plays it so hilariously. Yeah. So, I mean... There's, there's good there. There's I good also there. think that, like, the anyone who's a, a side actor or a side character who's not Eddie Murphy or, um, you know, one of the main cast members, I think they also do pretty well. Like, I believe Nicole's character. I believe her and who she is. Um, whether or not you like it, you know, where it goes, I do believe her earnest and her attraction to justice. It kind of made sense to me. And then same thing with um, Julius's girlfriend. I loved when she was just like, what did she do? There was like the scene where well, she, she kicks him out. Well, no, 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 not that scene. When um, justice shows up to her door. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like... Uh, police, and she shows up with that shotgun. Again, I believe her being like, who are you? Show me some ID. Not that it'll matter because, you know, she's, yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. she's standing her ground. She's very strong. And then when he's like, we got a report that so-and-so uh, has been in this area, she's like, Julius, he in trouble? Come on in. <laughs> <laughs> she's just so happy. She again, that really These well. are like, like little bits characters, even the I guess, captain or sergeant or whoever. Yeah. Again, these were people who I believed. And that's just one of the sure. things that I wanted to pull out. Um, so let's move on to the bad. I right. feel like you're so excited. There's so I will let you so start much. with the bad. All right. So again, I, I, I take it back to the central plot point <laughs> of the fact that Eddie Murphy can both turn people into vampires, yet he's the last one and needs to get married to procreate. There's that whole... Um, Eddie Murphy's power set. Let's talk about this yes. for a second. Because it seems as though <laughs> he can do anything. He can transform into any animal or person. He can transform into a person and absorb their thoughts. So, have you ever read Bram Stoker's Dracula? 
No, I have not. So see, I have. And a lot of the powers that he has is actually from the Dracula book. So in Dracula, he can both turn into any person, well, they any can, animal. Like, it, it's like he can, yeah. So again, you can turn into any animal, um, which, you know, I think the bat is like the most familiar one. And then you can also, um, I know like you can like read people's thoughts or like. Eddie Murphy like, can full on control people's brains. Yeah, no, no. So that's called compelling. And again, all of that is in the book. That is a, a part of vampire lore. You can actually do that. You can like, it's something about um, looking them in the eye or whatever. You can compel them. To do so stuff. they can do all of that, and they can also fly and move things with their brains. The fly and move things with their brains, I can't really remember the book, but I, mean, I do know. I'm just saying, so far, like sure. a lot, I looked at a lot of it, and I was like, oh, because I read Bram Stoker's Dracula, I was like, oh, they chose to do that one, they chose to do that one. And a lot of it, for me, wasn't outrageous. It was like they were picking from vampires. I'll tell you this. As <laughs> someone who did not read the book, it seemed as though his, his power set was endless because not only <laughs> could he turn into any animal or person and absorb their thoughts which we'll get into the whole preacher thing in a bit oh my god um, so excited he can uh he kills two different animals in the movie through powers of sorts <gasps> i loved it because very here's the thing i feel like very often movies won't go like they won't kill an animal for some reason we can watch 90 people get their throat slit but like you kill a dog and everyone's like, this movie is terrible. And I was like, I'm not saying that like the way that the animals were killed was good at any, or, or brought anything to the story. I'm just saying, I do like the idea that we show how ruthless he is. I, and I will say this. I actually don't mind it either. Cause I think, like I said, I, I just watched the Ted Bundy documentaries. So I know that's a thing for like sadistic people to kill animals. My, <laughs> it just the tone of this movie goes from hey this is a movie i want to show my kids to what the hell is this this is so dark and weird and so that's more the question and also the fact that he can explode them with their minds he is able to redecorate the entire top floor of this apartment building all with his power spells well again it's it's um it's compulsion it's way which is why when he dies it goes back to looking like so this uh, is all just a vision. It's all it. just a vision. It I guess really I didn't exist. get that at all from this source material alone. No, no, and so I think you brought up a very good point because maybe they don't explain any of these things. Um, they It just happens. And as someone who's so familiar with vampire lore, I understood immediately. But as you that pointed out, I think that's great because you're pointing out that it's not written within the text. It just happens. Yeah, it's 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 it's... I guess they're assuming that people just know what a vampire is and take no... Well, one of the things that I took note of, and I find it very interesting, is that this came out the year after Interview with a Vampire, which stars uh, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. Cruise. Yeah. And in there, they go through a little bit more of the explanation on how vampires get their powers and what it can do and what it can't do. Um, but... Also, I think it's interesting because even Eddie Murphy's look, like, I don't know how common that look was before Interview with the Vampire, but, like, in Interview with the Vampire, they have, like, long hair, and they have, like, this kind of 
um, elaborate dress, which is what Eddie Murphy And does. I understand that, but I guess I mean, just for this movie as a standalone movie, yeah, it no, takes no. no effort in explaining that. His look is the <laughs> most ridiculous as that wig, that Ice T nineteen eighty eight wig. I I couldn't take him seriously at one point through this movie. Not as a sex symbol, uh, yeah. not as a villain. I just couldn't take him seriously at all. Which is why I think he shines so much in these little side characters where he gets See, to be comedic. You and I are completely opposite. In really? This because I hated every side character. Oh no. I hated the character. <laughs> oh, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. he did a better job at performing okay, as an actor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if that's the case, then yeah, I agree with you. Because I was like, I hate... If we were talking about bad, for me, I hated every side character. Let's like, go you, through them. Let's talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. Well, like, if, first of all, um, if you were... In my mind, if you were to... And I feel like maybe they didn't have the technology or it was budget, I don't know. But I was like, all, all we would have done modern day is cast someone different. Cast someone different to play that role, and it would have been fine. And I honestly think, like, with the right direction, it would have been better. Because when you Terminator watch... 2 came out years before this, by the way, when the cop <laughs> turns into different people. So you're like, budget, not an excuse. <laughs> not an excuse. <laughs> okay. okay. So I said I don't know. But yeah. like, for me, I watched Eddie Murphy in all these side characters. And to be fair, he plays a side... He plays any character that he will later adopt. Yes. And that's that that's kind of like one of the things. There's just like he doesn't just play side characters like in the in, like he would in like um Come to America or something. It's just like he he plays specifically a character who he will later adopt their personality. Yeah. Which I kind of understand it, but at the exact same time, it just it took me out of it. But that's what I mean. It's not like I, I will give you this. I feel like Eddie Murphy actually has a bad rap for like doing the thing where he plays multiple characters in the movie but i also think that's one of the things that after eddie goes we're gonna be like he's the only one who could have done that and so like while i agree that these characters especially compared to like coming to america or another professor like he does a this movie is just it just does not belong in this story <laughs> is this a horror movie or is it not is this a comedy or is it not is it a horror comedy because i'm not, I'm I think not it's a horror. scared <laughs> nor well i guess i am laughing more than i'm scared but not got, at eddie it was a to me it was a horror comedy but it wasn't really about i think there wasn't really any point where i was fearful no. At all. Not like not like half of a second was I fearful. But there were there were high stakes. I'll say that. And <laughs> there were um you there were times where you weren't sure um who would make it. Like I, I'm honestly surprised Justice made it to the end. There was I wholeheartedly thought Justice would get killed off at some point. There there's times where I'm like, this is an Eddie Murphy movie, and there's other times where I'm like, this specifically is a Wes Craven movie. When Angela Bassett goes into the boat and she finds the uh casket for the first time, that's totally a Wes Craven movie. If I were to tell you that in that same movie, Eddie Murphy dressed in a fat suit, walks into a church and steam comes from his neck like a cartoon. <laughs> damn! <laughs> Goddamn! <laughs> this is the same movie. Why? <laughs> evil is good. Therefore, evil ass is murdered. 
this it was again that whole scene i was like a why are we doing this yeah this feels like a eddie murphy side storyline and then b it is like i kind of want to give it more credit and say that it's social commentary because wait wait wait, wait there is a point in time where max goes um later to um rita and he's like hey go back to your job where they make fun of you go back to that church where the preacher's uh whiskey bottle is running low you know it's just like he kind of calls out all of these things yeah, yeah, yeah. and and the fact that the crowd very blindly follows him i do i do feel like there's some kind of social commentary going on but at the same time i'm not going to give it an award for its social commentary. i feel like you're giving it way too much credit <laughs> and that might be because i know this fact about the movie <laughs> i know this fact about the movie eddie murphy only did this movie to end his contract so that he can do nutty professor at universal <sighs> He had a contract with Paramount that went from uh, Beverly Hills Cop 48 Hours all the way until one movie left. He and Charlie were like, yo, let's do a horror movie. He presented it to the studios. They're like, no, you need to make it a comedy because you're Eddie Murphy. Are you serious? So what was supposed to be a straight horror movie, which is why I'm assuming probably Wes Craven got involved... The, the the script got twerked so much to infuse the comedy. Okay, because that 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 actually a makes sense, and then b it's something where um, I read that Wes Craven wanted the Max character to be vulnerable and wanted him yeah. to like you know, and then Eddie Murphy insisted that he play it you know kind of comedic. So um, interesting, interesting. Yeah, that. Th- but see, also for me, I was going to ask you about. Because I know how you feel about Nelly Professor. And I was going to ask you that, how did you feel about the fact that this is the precursor to Oh, Nelly 100%. Professor? And you know what? That got me thinking about this about Eddie Murphy. I think he's a wonderful character actor, but he has a handful of ones. Yeah. His, his Jewish character, his Italian character, his fat black character, and his... Because here's the thing. The preacher, like you said, it's, a, it's Sherman Clump. Yeah, the Italian Eddie Murphy. If you watch any of Eddie Murphy stand up, specifically Eddie Murphy Raw, he has a whole bit where he talks about Italians who just saw uh, Rocky and how they get all pumped up afterwards. Oh my god! So I mean, talking about the bad, like, can we talk about the just Italian stereotypes and all of this? <laughs> it's it's stereotype upon stereotype. It is like so for me. I like I watched it, and I, we can go into this later, but like. The accents in general. I was like, what's with the accent choice? Like, yeah. everyone had an accent for no reason. And I was yes. like, you can all, all of you can lose it. And I would love this movie. <laughs> this is the same, this is the same as this coming to America accent. Is it not for Eddie Murphy? I don't know. It's just like every, what I'm saying is everyone has, and then Julius gets one. When he turns into a yeah, vampire. I was like, what, why? He gets Jamaican. Why? <laughs> it's, it's like, it's Jamaican. Yeah. Yes. The accent. Yeah. It's supposed to be Caribbean uh, or something like that. But I was like, why? Yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> going back to it, it's the Italian one, even the Italian characters have like this, I don't know, it was so, I was, I was offended. <laughs> if, let's put it this First way, of all, if an Italian man dressed like a black guy and went into a chicken restaurant and started talking to people, shucking and jiving, this would be a completely different conversation. But it is technically that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I watched it and I was like, uh, as like as someone who lives in 2019 and is like aware of 
the harm that stereotypes do in the box that we put people in. Um, it's almost the equivalent of like, um, what's his name? Mickey Rourke doing um, yellow face. You know oh, what I mean? He, like, oh, oh, and that's, that's Eddie because like he will do the Jewish character in coming to America. He'll do this character in this and you're supposed to be like, Oh, okay. Like makeup. And I understand, I understand like as an actor, like, Oh, let me see if I can do this. But, but it's like, so it plays so hard on the stereotypes. It's not a subtle performance yes. at all. Well, that's well. I was going to ask, and you can help me because I just don't remember. Is the Jewish character in Coming to America is that all negative? Because this seemed all like negative stereotypes. <laughs> you know, he, he just kind of slowly comments. He doesn't really say a lot uh, that you would be like, oh, he's being offensively Jewish. The way Eddie plays him, I think, is offensively Jewish. Okay. But I don't think his his dialogue is and that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, this, the dialogue seemed very insensitive. Um, and, and again, that's coming from, like, watching a black movie. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Because I get comedy and I get references and, like, you know, Trevor Noah does accents sure. all the time. It's it's not ideal, but it is a form of comedy, and I get it. But there's something about pushing a negative stereotype that I just had a problem with. Now, I and I just to quickly give this movie some good props because I just thought of something. What you said, this is what I consider to be a big budget black movie. Yeah, in the nineties. Well, that's what I was saying about Wes Craven. Yeah, like, like this is like kudos, like yeah. to, just to get this made yeah. with an all black cast and this this majority black majority cast. black cast. Uh, I I think this is actually that's an accomplishment. Yeah. Um, but like, so I want so first of all, I wanted to say the part where it was like uh, he was like Tony, Tony, Tony. He's like, oh, how many times did I have to tell you? I'm Anthony. He's Tony. And I was like, okay, again, you guys, first of all, partially true, not gonna lie. But at the same time, it was just like, there was so many, especially in the Italian restaurant scene, just so many moments where I was like, what is the purpose of this? Yeah. Why, why are the Italian characters hamming it up? Eddie walks into that Italian restaurant with a single pistol. <laughs> Everyone in that restaurant is packing heat, yet somehow he gets all of them to throw their guns. And they all, remember, this character is supposed to be known, but... This uh, is supposed to be the fucking mob. Yeah. They're supposed to be policemen. The policemen throw their guns on the ground. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's very weird. Um, but that did that part did have one of the bits that I was laughing at earlier, which is that he was like, she was like, I like cats, and he was like, that's all you gotta say, baby. Like, like, <laughs> but um, um, I I really want to talk to you about um Angela Bassett's character. Yes, let's talk about but, Rita. But but real fast before we get into that, because we were talking about Eddie just now, and before we leave him, you're the vampire lore guy yeah. in this in this conversation. What is it about Eddie that when Eddie gets shot, he heals, but his suit also heals? So see, that, I will say, like, the suit healing, I can't even explain that away. Um, but the, of course, he healing, like, he talked about earlier about when Rita, she never broke a bone or anything like that. It's supposed to be, like, they're invincible or whatever. <laughs> So go ahead. No, you know, I just thought that I'm gonna save it for the next the next category <laughs> because I, I have an idea of how to make this yeah better. But okay. oh my god. Um Angela Bassett, what didn't you like? 
I, again, so there were moments in her character where I felt it was a little too hammed up. Are you specifically talking about the moment when she finds out that uh, <laughs> so-and-so died and she leaves the apartment and it's, she's running around like a mad woman yes, on the street? Yes, very 100%. much. 100%. Well, so, like, there was, like, I said earlier, and I gave it props for how it does its women's characters and, like, the fact, and I looked at it, I think it passes the Bechdel test because, like, there are women and they have conversations and they're not about men. And, again, I looked at it. it it's not a lot because sure. there are not a lot of female characters. But... It does a lot of positive, but there's a lot of Angela Bassett's character that jumps to conclusions. Like, she just assumes that Nicole has slept with her, um, with Justice, and she just assumes that Justice is lying. You know, it's like there's so many things without any investigation, without any... Question for you. You've had roommates, yes? Yes. Okay, so let me paint a picture for you. You wake up one day, yes, right? Yes. You're, you're going Your ahead. roommate and everything they own is gone. Absolutely. And the only thing there is a letter being like, hey, I moved out. Yeah. Do, are you, you're a police officer. <laughs> Do you have questions? Yeah, several. And that, that was, again, there's just so many times that she assumes. And like, even like, let's take it for like half of a, half of a second. Let's say she believes that Nicole has run off to be with Justice because that's who she assumed he was with, or she was with. She never talks to... She's never like, hey, by the way, how's Nikki? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, well, no, she does. She goes She goes to Justice when he shows up to the church, remember? And um, she's like, oh, you were with Nicole last night. And he's like, no, I wasn't. And or, but, but once again, even, even, even if that's the case, um, it's not like, oh, you were with Nicole last night. Nicole is moving in with you. Yeah, you live with her now. <laughs> What's going on with that? She hasn't returned my calls. Exactly. That's a, so again, yeah. there were there were moments like that where I was definitely like, okay, so you're just going to assume in Brooklyn, by the way. <laughs> in Brooklyn. Question for you, Siege. Here's another one for you. On a scale from one to Idris, <laughs> how attractive do you find Eddie Murphy? Two? 100%. 100%. Yes. So, if Eddie Murphy, in that wig, in his getup, came to you and was like, hey, let's have dinner in like an hour, sure. Are you saying yes to this? Again, so I, I will say that they kind of, I will give it some credit that they built it up. Because she didn't say yes automatically. And again, remember, he has like this compel, this uh, able to compel her sure, or like, sure, you know, sure, charm sure, sure. her a little bit. And she almost always, like when they first meet in the club, she's kind of like raptured by him. But it, I mean, it's very easily distracted. And I think it has something to do with her being half vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like they, they kind of always play on that. And then again, he does save her twice. Have you seen you? Not yet. All right. So on you without spoiling anything, um, he's the main character, this guy who's stalking. He's stalking her. But how they meet, quote unquote, is he saves her um, from like a time that she was going to be injured. And she really was going to be injured if he wasn't there. Um, but like that's how they meet. And it's like this meet cute in her mind where it's like, oh, you just happen to be here. And that's so weird. But like in reality, I'd be like, oh, this is the same time I see you today in all of New York. Yeah. <laughs> in all of Brooklyn, we've run into each other twice, and you're always there right when I'm about to be injured. This is a little weird. The thing that I thought was weird was there's this line, and again, I was like, who wrote this? There's this line where she goes, um, he goes, can I send my car to pick you up? 
in a half an hour. And she goes, ooh, a car make it an hour a car (laughs) and she was like make it an hour and i was like all right so where did this like gold digger aspect of her come from because everything we know about her she's very simple she doesn't she's not like easily impressed no but like he's willing to send a car and she's like oh i really need oh i need to like really like yeah raise it up or whatever yeah and you know what i will say that i i do understand that vampires have like that ability to like bedazzle people and make them feel different (laughs) things lure them in with their looks it's just that to me i have never seen eddie murphy as unattractive as he is (laughs) in this movie so the idea that not even in orbit no like obviously (laughs) like makeup eddie murphy's one thing but i'm talking like the as the lead yeah and this character that's supposed to be like intimidating but sexual, there's I and you know what? Maybe it's because of this like Tom Cruise, uh, you know, movie vamp- in the interview with the Vampire that they had him like this. That's what I said. But like, it makes mm. no sense in modern day Brooklyn. He looks like a creep. Well, again, I agree with that, and I think that when you look at Julius, what happens to Julius when he uh, becomes a vampire? He's a modern-looking guy. Yeah. I mean, like, he's clean-cut. He's wearing, like, really nice things. And so there are just moments that don't... Even, I'm with you. Like it Even in Coming place. to America, uh, he gets a haircut. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, <laughs> yeah, hey, let's, let's make you look like... That's why I said this was after Interview with a Vampire, yeah, which yeah. made me be like, did that have some influence on how they decided to... I mean, like, even if I think about it, Lost Boys... Um, they even have like long hair. Eddie Murphy, when he has full vampire face, looks yeah. very Lost Boys. <laughs> um, Eddie Murphy credits the vampire wig for the reason why this movie didn't do well. Is that what he said? <laughs> he said the moment people saw the wig, they were like, "Ah, nigga, get out of here. We can't take it seriously." I mean, again, like even if it was like an actual Jerry curl, you know, like something that like it, it doesn't really make sense, but yeah. like at least it's in keeping. Uh, and I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you. Why do you think, because I'm not going to pretend like this is the greatest movie, but it's funny. It has a storyline. Um, it has, like, in-charge characters. Why is this movie nothing yet? The Nutty Professor was, like, I, I will. T- I will tell you this. Um, the, the reason why I feel like this movie, like, misses the mark when it could have been, I think, a decent movie is that, one, they couldn't decide what they wanted to do for the tone, which is why it feels like like it keeps going back and forth between different movies. Um, it, Eddie Murphy's character is the least likable in a movie that he should shine in, whereas all the side characters are far more likable. Than I agree. Him. And I, 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 you're right, because from a story perspective, it should be a really satisfying story from how it's anchored, but... Again, I just don't feel like Angela Bass and him had the chemistry that made me think like, oh, they have a love. I'll get. I have a bond. Well, like so, one of the things that I thought was interesting with this movie and and the way that it goes is that um, there's this scene where he, you know all he needs to do is get her to dance with him. Yeah, and they do a really good job at like keep you know constantly having that interrupted uh, again when Julius comes in yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's just like he says whatever and I was like oh he would have been dead yeah. right then and there because he just ruins it. The school's a liability. <laughs> yeah, the we'll get to that. <laughs> but um, like they do a good job. But then she actually does get like 
seduced and she says yes and i'm like oh man like you know like i would have liked to see a little bit more resistance but i guess it does play well because in the second half of it we get i was really afraid that they were gonna have um justice be the one who kills Eddie Murphy and the fact yeah, that yeah, Angela yeah. Bassett does it. I was like, all right, at least they did that. Again, it wasn't this man coming in and swooping in and saving the day. It was, in fact, her and her uh, her own willingness to not be like that. That was kind of... I'm going to say a controversial statement. Go for it. Maybe not controversial. <laughs> I think Angela Bassett was miscast. I feel that Angela Bassett is an amazing actress who does amazing work. I don't feel like this role felt like a good fit for her. Well, so I think of it as Angel Bassett is always the strong, independent black woman. Like, that is her role. She's just like the woman in charge. And I think that if you were going to cast someone in, and that was the description, Angel Bassett would make sense. But the fact that, as you say, there needs to be some kind of romance. There needs to be some kind of seduction, some kind of vulnerability. And this, um, this character is gullible. She, yeah. She's so gullible. She falls for everything. She's like, hey, you, you, you're going to make the pasta I like and the wine I liked right after some random guy asked me about all that stuff. Whatever. <laughs> again, yeah, yeah. I, I did, again, for me. And I was like, I don't want to judge, but like, I immediately would be like, oh, wait a minute. This is like, eerily. I would be a little freaked out. Yeah. Or I would like make a comment. I was like, oh, I actually just told someone that like five seconds ago you know what i mean so this is like this is like when like uh you ever had like a date and like like clearly someone's looked at your social media and like they found out what you liked no but at the same time i think either people i date are like me myself we preface it with so i facebook stalked you you know what i mean yeah yeah, it's never like but that's what i'm saying it's like no one ever tries to like subtly use it and sneak in they're just like very blatant with it and just like hey by the way stalked you we all do it and i know yeah and i know that this blah 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 is what you like so yeah there and again i think as you said there's nothing really for us to root for eddie murphy because we know that he's gaslighting her the entire time i don't yeah i don't know who i'm rooting for at all throughout this movie that's why i feel like kadeem is so likable because he's the only one (laughs) that i care to root for throughout any of this again i mean we keep going back but i just love kadeem when he was like think of my kids you don't have any kids i can start (laughs) uh okay so let's get into the fix it all right Okay, how would you fix this film? All right, I would do I would do a few things. Okay, um, one, I'm getting rid of all of the. I'm changing directors. Okay, I'm changing Wes Craven for John Landis, and this is why. Okay, John Landis, who did things like Animal House and uh-huh. and and um, Caddyshack, like these kind of '80s comedies. Uh huh. Um, he also did, I believe, he did Trading Places as well. Okay. He'd also directed the Thriller video. Oh. So, for me, he seems like a prime candidate for this type of movie. The type of movie this should have been. Which is a comedy that has some horror elements. Not a horror movie that's mixed in completely with a comedy. Okay. Um, you take that. You recast. I'll actually, <laughs> I'll actually do a full swap of 
You put Angela Bassett and Nutty Professor and give me Jada Pickett. That's what I was thinking. Dude, I was thinking that 100%. So I love that you said that. Gives Jada Pickett more of a chance to shine. She's not as a reactionary character. And then Angela Bassett as the doctor and, and the Nutty Professor totally makes, kinda sense. makes sense. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. So you do that switch, you get in a different director, and then you just lay into the comedy, lay into the jokes. And then for if, if it's a pure comedy, the rules of vampire don't matter. Yeah. In that regard, when there's really no high stakes, but it's just emotional stakes, whatever. Uh, you can make a, a, a DeLorean go back in time. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. But when uh, there's a horror movie, there and you're like, hey, I'm a vampire, and I need to find other vampires, but I can turn people into vampire, but I'm the last one. It's like you're, you're giving this all, you're making this overly complicated. Just yeah. you're a vampire, and you're looking for a wife. Yeah. That could just be it. And then I I think that makes it a better movie. Or, or, Uh we keep it the same, we take out all the jokes, and then we put in a different lead. Who I haven't thought of yet, but I'm thinking for the time period, sure, Denzel, why not? I mean... As, As a seductive, violent, scary vampire. No, no, what I was gonna say is, I actually agree with you. Um, I think that, or even a Wesley Snipes. Yeah, I feel like Wesley yes. Snipes honestly could have made this. Like he, That's he's it. someone Wesley. who would have definitely brought Max to life in a way that was either sympathetic or was pushy, but in a way that you understood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was, uh, like, borderline uh, aggressive. And I like the idea of the vampire being, if it's gonna be a vampire in Brooklyn, make this vampire more Brooklyn. Like, Wesley would have played this with such a, kind of a gangster tone that you might have taken a little bit more seriously than just, like, this, like, we're supposed to believe Eddie was, like, this black debutante (laughs) from, like, the 1400s? What? So, uh, I, I, uh, for me, it's replacing with Leslie. Um, I, I, I like the comedy. So you're making it's hard because it's like, do we get rid of the comedy? I feel like with, with Scream, we have comedy and we have horror. And I feel like there's That's, a way. Well, there's a difference between Kevin <laughs> Williamson and Charlie Murphy. I know, like. <laughs> but what I'm saying is there's a way to have both. But I think in order to have both, we have to take out all the elements that are Eddie Murphy, which is that we remove Eddie Murphy playing all of these side that, characters. That, that is immediately gone. Immediately gone. Yeah. Um, we cast Wesley Snipes, so Eddie Murphy's not the lead. Yeah. And then we, um, again, get rid of all the accents. There's no reason for them to be there. Even if he's from the Caribbean. I mean, just speak. Sure, 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 sure. I mean, like, and I, or speak with a Brooklyn accent or like, whatever. I, I, I just think the people who are the most convincing are the ones who are just themselves. So Kadeem and John Witherspoon, both of them are perfect because you believe every single thing that comes out of their mouth. Whereas the moment Kadeem has an accent, you're like, that was, why, why'd you do that? Another way you could fix this movie, just throwing it out there. We take out the vampire stuff. (laughs) Just take out all the vampire shit altogether. And because this is about a guy from the Caribbean, change it to be more of this witchcraft voodoo that you have this Dr. Ziku who owns this voodoo. This is all set up for voodoo. She's reading into horoscopes. Like, why not do that? Because then when you're talking like, 
black magic witchcraft anything is fucking possible there you don't have these limitations of rules like you do with vampires and it's unexplored how many movies do we have about vampires versus caribbean based witchcraft that to me is way more interesting that is true but again i i just i like going back to what i said earlier i like the idea that mixing the lore of the vampire with the Caribbean, which has this dark magic. It, to me, it makes sense. There's a, uh, I mean, even when you watch Interview with a Vampire, it's set in Louisiana, and a lot of it is about sure. um, the the slaves being, like, afraid of the um, master because they're like, oh, he's dark magic, or he reminds us of some kind of Caribbean uh, demon or, or devil or something like that. So to me, it makes sense. It fits. I think that to to answer your questions or to kind of close that hole that you were talking about is give give us a scene or a montage or something of Max teaching um Julius about his powers. You know what would have done a lot for me? The movie opens flashback, Rita's mom, vampire, that whole sequence, which sounds way more interesting, show us that. Give us glimpses of that throughout so that we can understand this Caribbean take on a vampire a little bit better in its actual environment. I really like that. I really really think that that does something. cast Leon as the vampire. Leon from Madonna's Like a Prayer oh, video. Like I don't know who Leon is. <laughs> I think you can't just say the word Leon to me when referencing 90s black actors, and I won't know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> For our listeners, David not- Ruffin. <laughs> temptations without David Ruffin is a whack ass temptation. Um, yeah, Leon, an iconic black figure from the 90s, cast him as Angela Bassett's dad, do these flashbacks, then you have me in on this a little bit more. Exactly. Ooh, um, if we are replacing Jada and she's playing Rita, then Angela Bassett could play her mom. That's great too. Exactly. That's you great too. And you know what? Again, like it, it would like tie in this accent that we're seeing. It would tie in a lot if we could just see it. The origins. The origins of it. Yeah. And 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 also it would make more sense again if Eddie wasn't this vampire from Transylvania that traveled through and he was turned along the way. Yeah. Maybe on a slave ship or something like yes. that. Like make it give us something yeah i I, but see and that's what for me i i think that i don't want to remove the vampire in brooklyn park because a it's the name of the movie and then b (laughs) the i like this idea of a black vampire kind of like you know bringing this this lore that we're all familiar with but bringing it into brooklyn bring it bringing it sorry bringing it into black culture and having it be the way that we interact with the supernatural. Because again, I think what's interesting is everyone who's like the black people who see it are the, they're like, we deal with supernatural differently than white people. Okay. And I like that. And I understand where you're coming from. So in that case, I say we drop the whole Caribbean thing altogether. This is just a vampire attacked the black man in Brooklyn. And now he's a vampire. We don't need all this. 
The voodoo doctor's like, oh, I knew Rita's mom. I know all this history about her. Why? How? Why do you have this key piece of evidence from a homicide? <laughs> like, uh, this boat had 11 homicides, and they gave it to the club owner yeah, to yeah, interpret? Yeah, yeah. That, that was a, a very weird thing. And they never really kind of explained that. But I think I like better, if, if we're going to keep that guy, I like what we talked about, which is like a... Black Panther opening, you know, where it's just like a you yeah. see the origins and you see him younger and you see him like either get the scar or without the scar. Yes. And then like later on, everything he says makes sense. And we're like, oh, that's who that is. He's in America now. And, you know, they kind of explain the reasoning a little bit more because, again, even for him to be like, oh, I knew your mother. And yet y'all never spoke. You never thought to like be like, oh, hey. A uh, little orphan girl. I knew your mom. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I met her at the funeral or anything like that. So, yeah. I would also say that in order for this movie to be more successful, there needs to be more romantic and sexual tension between Angela Bassett and Alan Payne's character. So that we are rooting for them. You're right. Like, I think when I think about it, I, I agree. Because I'm just like, there was like this implication that... Julius had a thing for her, and it's it's it it's kind of like, nowhere. Well, it, not only did it kind of come out of nowhere, but like as you said, it's just like, well, do I am I rooting for justice? Oh, like you know, like, like, he's boring. They're boring. Like if we had seen them, like when they uh opening shot when they're kind of in the car together. By the way, loved I love the whole part where she was like. It said everything. It kind of like predicts the movie. And he goes, well, stay away from me. And she goes, no, that's your that's your horoscope. And I was like, again, brilliant. Loved it. But can- I, I just felt like if that in that scene, there was just a little bit more tension, a little bit more. What if, what if they had just broken up? What if they had a past? What if they used to date a long time ago? Now we're understanding that there's more of a connection. There's a reason why they care about each other. There's something there that we can sink our teeth into. And I just didn't feel that at all with them. So, like, when they get together at the end, I'm like, whatever, whatever. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Again, like, I I really liked, I was afraid that they would have uh, Justice be the one who kills Max because I was like, if he saves her and there's like this whole, oh, we're romantic because I helped you thing, I was like, I will barf because I barely care about him as a character. I honestly thought he would die several times before now. And the idea that he saves her would just kind of take away her agency. But the fact that she does it and they still choose to be together, I'm like, all right. I mean, I still feel like there's a lot that we have to discuss, but I mean, I'm, I'm willing to let them be a couple. I, I have this to say. Um, I was so much more worried about John Witherspoon dying than I <laughs> ever was about Alan Payne dying. <laughs> when, when he kicks him in the neck, yeah. I'm like, no! no I know, he's like, no, 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 John Witherspoon. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, and then the last thing I'll say is that um, I want my spinoff. I want... Um, Julius in Julius as a vampire in Brooklyn. And what's that what's that story? So you're saying that if you had to give a sequel, you would want it to pick up right there. Well, and not right there, but like ooh, so it's because like do I want it to pick up right there or do I want there to be now a vampire in the modern Brooklyn? That's what Brooklyn I want to change. Brooklyn has changed so much and I love this idea of a person from past Brooklyn coming to present Brooklyn and just being so lost in the surrounding. Like that to me is a little bit more interesting and also to prey on this whole idea of gentrification and like if you ever watched, have you ever seen Candyman? 
No, I haven't. Oh my god, bro. <laughs> totally watch that. Jordan Peele's doing a remake. Can't wait for it. Um yeah, they uh if the movie just kind of had gentrification be a little play a part of like these people coming into this neighborhoods, redecorating, but not respecting the origins, maybe not reading the graffiti that's yeah. warning them about something. Oh my god, that's beautiful. Yeah. I really like that. And and that's one of the things that I was going to say is that Brooklyn is very much so it's a part of this movie, which is great. And having lived in Brooklyn, I love like their their spacious apartments. That's very Brooklyn. That's not New York. It makes sense that they would be this way. The graffiti on the outside of the building. One thing that I don't understand, and that's like, I didn't live in Brooklyn during this time, but like in the 90s, every movie in New York, there's just steam everywhere. And I was like, why is there always steam (laughs) in the streets? Um, It makes no sense to me. But yeah, um, yeah, that's that's how I feel. I, I will say that when I say I want it to pick up, I would actually like to see Julius... Like the Julius from this time in modern Brooklyn, and see how he's been a part of um, building up. You know, it's like he's sure. been a part of the neighborhood, and everyone just knows this guy as the guy who like helped bring uh, businesses into the community and all this other stuff. But at the exact same time, there's this side to him. You get what I'm saying? Maybe there's a part of Brooklyn that hasn't been gentrified, and that he is kind of been the watchdog of this community and then these people try to move in and they're not respecting the lore they're not respecting very possible i feel like for me i think brooklyn is just so gentrified and to fight that or to or to be like there's this one spot doesn't feel authentic it would be much more authentic for him to be a part of the problem but at the exact same time again like just like the gentrifiers the community is either on his side or against them. Like, so they're on his side because he's helped keep black businesses running. Oh, I like that. Or I like that a lot. Yeah, exactly. Or scaring the way. Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So I, 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 there's something about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So that, uh, do you have any other final thoughts? Um, no, I will say this. Uh, if you are looking for a movie that's so bad, it's good. I don't necessarily know that this completely makes that full turnaround for me where I'm like, oh, I love this because of how bad it is. I think it's, it's for the comedy, it's good, but it's never coming to America good. And the horror for me never gets beyond like an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode level of terror. So it's so funny because the last thing I was going to ask you is for this, for this podcast, for movies going forward, is the movie as is more good or bad? Because it's an all these are all awesomely bad movies. So is it more yeah. good or is it more bad in your opinion? I <sighs> I'm gonna say it's more bad, but I will say okay. I say this that the parts that are good are great. And when I say the parts that are good, I'm talking about John Witherspoon yeah. and Kadeem. I agree. I agree. Those are the highlights of this. But I don't feel like the storyline with Eddie Murphy at this point, I'm like, who cares? Yeah. Like, after watching the movie, I'm like, I don't care. Um, and I do, this isn't a movie I'm, like, excited to show my friends. I'm excited to watch again. So because of that, I'm going to say it's more bad than good. Okay. Um, and, you know, honestly, uh, after our discussion, I just feel like we, we had so much to uh, pick out and um, really disagree with and change. So I'm going to say that it's also more bad than good, but at the same time, I am excited to share this with other people. Oh, okay. Because it's, it's it, to me, it's, it's awesomely bad. It's I, a terrible movie that has really fun parts and 
Um, like I can't tell if it takes itself seriously or not. And because of that, it allows me to impress what I want to on it. And therefore I had fun. I will say that as a child, I love this movie a lot. So maybe if you go in with just the no expectations. And that's what it is. I had zero expectations. Yeah, I didn't expect yeah. it to be anything other than an awesomely bad movie. <laughs> All right. So thanks for listening to another episode of Movie Makeover. Remember, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can also find me on Twitter at Extra Siege. That's X-T-R-A-C-E-J on TC. You can find me on Instagram at a braver me at dot braver dot me. And if you guys have thoughts on how to make these movies better, please write us at Movie Makeover on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also email us at moviemakeoverpod at gmail.com. Join us next week for our discussion of the 2001 Will Smith rom-com Hitch. You know, I owned two copies of that and I saw it like maybe a year ago. Uh, I owned two copies of that, by the way, since college. <laughs> you never know when one's going to go missing. <laughs> it's good to have a backup of Hitch. You should always have a backup of Hitch. <laughs> As always, I'm Siege. And I'm TC. Makeover and out. Out.